You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. The man who's going to deliver hope, Rabbi Jeff Adler <laughs> from Messianic Congregation, Shahra Yeshua. Good morning to you, Jeff. So good to hear your voice. Good morning. You know, I'm, I'm so glad you, you, before you introduced me, you used, you emphasized can, candles. I was worried you'd come to me after donkeys. Oh, he's here all week, folks. (laughs) I'll often say I tried doing stand up for a while, but the crowd kept yelling, sit down. So, you know, so. Man, I love it. I love hearing your voice. I love the joy in it and the humor. But uh, we, we are sitting here on the verge of the coming of Christ. We're walking through. In uh, Advent devotional, we've been talking about uh, how A.W. Tozer wrote that we do not need to understand logic and apply logic to the incarnation of Christ manifest in the flesh, but we only need believe. And one of the ways that we can apply and believe is to look back at a little bit of some prophecy that Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah 9, and this is where we're kind of landing. Uh, This is going to be our last teaching piece on the Messianic Scriptures before uh, Christmas, and so I want everybody to just pay attention and get your Bible out, open it up to Isaiah 9, and we're just going to give, Jeff, you've got controls of this plane, so uh, you take us on this journey, because this is probably the, the most important underpinning of our Christian faith apart from the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, not only is this, of course, the 11th day of your 12 days of, of uh, uh, Christmas, but it's, today is, is day, day 7 of Hanukkah, and uh, often called the Feast of Lights. And, and so that actually is the theme of this prophecy. It says, and of course, the prophecy actually begins in most pe- what what is in most people's Bibles, verse two of chapter nine. It's actually verse one of the Masoretic text. Um, but uh, you know, the people walking in darkness. The word for people there is the word. It's the word ha'am, and so often in the Bible, in the Hebrew text, the word am refers to Israel and the Jewish people. So this is initially a prophecy about Israel. Um, And uh, um, as a matter of fact, that word is still used. There's a popular Israeli song, Hebrew song, Am Yisrael Chai, the people of Israel live, and that is, of course, in contrast to the plans of some people, Hamas, being one, their word, the name means violence, um, but uh, um, but there were attempts to try to exterminate us. Many, I don't, we don't have time to go into them. I'm sure many come to mind: the Holocaust, certainly, and the the, the, the pogroms. But um, but the people walking in darkness, Choshech, darkness, is a word that generally refers to the absence of the power and the presence and the activity of God 
darkness is we think back to creation and 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 darkness covered the deep and then the lord spoke and the first thing he created was light and he, he said the people he said he said he or the he or let there be light and there was light and and, uh, and so here he says the people walking in darkness will see oragadol i love that little word that little word that little word gadol it's not just a flicker of light you know sometimes sometimes you know you try to read a book or something and it just it's just not enough light and you have to turn up the light or turn on more lamps and here god says i want you to see it all god wants to to reveal it all he tells us the truth and truth can only be found in the full measure of the light provided by god and so the people walking in darkness ra'u the the perfect tense I mean, the the uh, perfect tense used here sees the action of the verb as one point in the timeline, making it very decisive. He says the day will come when they will actually see Orgadol, not just walk in a little bit of light, not just a flicker of a candle, but Orgadol, the great light, the whole light, all the light. He says they're those dwelling in Eretz Salmavet, the land of the shadow of death, one of the things about about um about a shadow is that the the farther one is from the source of light the longer the, sh- the shadow the more threatening it looks but the closer one gets to the source of light the 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 sm- the shorter the shadow until when the light is directly overhead the shadow disappears and god talks about he's talking here about death is what's so frightening for mankind but the closer we get to God, the source of light, the less menacing it becomes. It be, we, it's just like a shadow, and then when we get into the presence of God, the shadow is gone, and the fear of death is gone. And he says, you will multiply the nation, you will increase the joy. They will rejoice before you like the joy in the harvest is when revel when they divide the spoil. And and the and the the lords, of course, when 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 farmers have spent a whole year taking care of the of the the crops and planting and and, and watering and fertilizing and doing all those things, and they work very hard, and then the harvest comes in, and they rejoice because now they're able to reap the benefit of what they did all that work for, and they know they have the satisfaction not only being paid for it, but, I mean, they also get to know that they've worked hard and they've provided for food on the table for people all over. And so there's a, in some some nations, there's a whole big harvest festival, and we have those in the United States too. And he says they they will rejoice before you and that God wants joy. And in, in, in Philippians 4, God's, uh, God's saying through, Rabbi Paul, rejoice in the Lord. I, again, I say re- rejoice. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And God says, here's the joy. I will break the burdensome yoke and the rod of his shoulder. The war club of his oppressor is in the day of Gideon. And God God did this dramatic deliverance for Gideon and 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 uh, he, you know, 300 men 
Uh, as a matter of fact, in, a, in, a, in an enemy soldier's dream, he was he, uh, the the uh, Gideon was equated to like a rolling loaf of bread, and the whole thing is, you know, the Midian, the most powerful fighting machine in the Middle East at the time, was what what was going to be dispatched by a rolling bagel, and and. Uh, and 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 that, but God delivered them, and they they rejoiced because the oppression was ended, and uh, you know, and He says that the that God was going to bring triumph to His people who'd been so oppressed. Um, but then we we come to, to verse five. Here is the answer. He says, "For to us a child is born." The verb there, you you. You, you lad, is in what's called the pu'al stem. It's in the perfect tense, uh, which sees the action of the verb as one point on a timeline, making it very decisive. But the pu'al stem takes the core action of the verb and ratchets up the intensity. So, it, you know, it, 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 it gives the sense for to us a child is muscled in the birth and you read the gospel accounts of the birth of Messiah, how Herod tried to destroy, tried to stop Yeshua. Um, and so he ordered all the babies two years old and under, all the boys two years old and under in Israel to be destroyed, uh, to be killed. And and uh, there were all kind, kinds of attempts. Satan knew the consequences of what God was bringing about with that baby born in Bethlehem. And so um, and so he tried to stop him, but God flexed his biceps and wouldn't allow it to happen. And so, for the, so the sense here is for to us, for us, a, a child is muscled into birth. Nothing was going to stop God. So loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so God was determined that nothing and that no one and nothing would stop his redemptive plan. And so he says, for to us a child is muscled into birth, and to us a son is gifted. It is a gift, the coming of Messiah. We couldn't earn him. That Messiah is the greatest gift. And at this season, Hanukkah and and Christmas, people talk and think about you know about gifts and, and presents, and there's really nothing wrong with that as long as we keep everything in perspective. The ultimate gift is God's Son. He loves us because even with if we get the, the gift, I, Kelly, I heard you, you talking about something uh, that, they, that, that, that you had got for your son. And, and uh, you, you know, but the ultimate gift, eventually we're going to get old, we're going to die, but God has the gift for us of everlasting life. And this is the key. And this is the, the, the this is the gift that comes wrapped, and then he unwraps the gift for us. For, for to us, a child is is muscled in the birth. The son is gifted. The government, the administration, is upon his shoulder. <laughs> he he's only only one who who can carry it. I remember uh, I, I remember when when I would do squats. And uh, and I would load that bar up, and I wondered, boy, I hope I can get this, I can get this one up one more time. And and uh, you know, just shoulder. He has no problem 
He has no problem shouldering the burden of everything that we've got and so the and everything that we need and we think of the promises of the kingdom and that you know there will be no shortages of food no no disease that is not cured um he conquers death and he's the answer to all and he uh, even is able to bring peace uh, Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 described it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established above the mountains and raised above the hills, and and the, the Torah will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The nations will resultingly will beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither will they learn war anymore. And that scripture, of course, is engraved on the cornerstone of the UN building in New York, and they. They've tried to bring about peace, but the problem is the heart of man. And he says the government will be upon his shoulder. What mankind cannot do, what our institutions can't do, what our international organizations can't do, he can do. And so they will not hurt or destroy. Isaiah 11 says, they will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And so his name or his title will be called Peleoex. Pele is a word wonderful that that is used only in the Hebrew scriptures to describe God or the works of God. So it means the supernatural counselor. <laughs> he knows the secrets that that are lost to us, but he tells us exactly how to put our lives together. The mighty God, El Gibor, Yibor is a word that is used in the Hebrew text to describe to describe the mighty men, the Davids and the Jonathans and the Joshuas and the Gideons and the Samsons. They were the heroes, and and so you could also translate this the heroic God. You think of the father who who he heroically gave that which was most precious to him, his son. And and, uh, and and the son who was willing to go through all that torture and pain for us. And thankfully, God raised him from the dead. And Avi, uh, the eternal father, I loved my father, but the day came when he passed away and I had to bury him. And, and uh, I'm glad I knew that he found the Messiah and so I'll see him again. But, you know, here is the father who never loses his stuff, never needs to, to retire, never gets old or tired, ne- tired, never falls asleep. And he's just always, he, he, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And then Sar Shalom. Shalom, we usually think of as peace, but it, it, it means well-being. It is general well-being. It is, it is everything that we, that we need he is the total administrator of everything. The, the, the ministers of the government of Israel carry the title Sar. And so here, he is the minister of, of peace, the minister of well-being. He, he does it all. And just, I'll just close with it, just, just for time's sake, verse, ver, verse 6, verse 7 in most, most people's Bibles, of the increase of his government, or of the, the government, the word his is not in the text actually, because there's only one, one government, God's, of the increase of the government and peace, shalom, there will be no end.
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness from now on until 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 forever. That um, you know that we we have cycles. Randy was talking about cycles of climate. But, you know, there are cycles of prosperity. Sometimes things are up, sometimes things are down. Candidates campaign for office, vote for me, and you'll never have a problem again. And then, of course, they can't control it. But of the increase of this government and shalom, there will be no end. And it says, closes, the verse closes, the zeal of Adonai's for oath, the zeal of Adonai's for oath, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of all forces, of all power, will accomplish this. He will do it. That means he says it, he will do it, as the 55th chapter of the same book says, as the rain and snow do not go forth from the heavens without fulfilling their purpose of giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me void, but will accomplish everything that I have purposed for it to, to accomplish. And the Lord the Lord's the ultimate globetrotter, Steve. Um, he goes around and, and, and he sees it all and he travels throughout the cosmos and, and, and he zealously performs his intention. And even though we blew it, he is able by his redemptive plan to bring us all back to him. And if we, whoever calls on the name of, of Adonai will be saved. Ultimate Globetrotter, did you say, Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted Steve to feel at home. And you too, Kelly. I felt like I was in the roast and I had Jackie Mason there with me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, buddy. I I get no respect. (laughs) No respect, yeah, exactly. Different guy. but (laughs) My personal danger field over here. You know, this teaching itself um, is so, so important to us, the underpinning, truly, uh, that that God manifests himself in the flesh, dwelt among us, you know, that is second to the resurrection, the most important piece of faith that we have got to express is the belief that God came as man for us ultimately for the purpose of sacrifice so that we would not be separated from our Creator. And to ponder the gift that that is, is truly, uh, it requires so much, so much bandwidth, so much brain power to wrap our head around this, because God is so, so good. You know, we really have no idea what is available in God, and mankind is often claimed himself to be God. As a matter of fact, today is, of course, day seven of Hanukkah, and and, uh, the story of of, of Hanukkah revolves around an an Assyrian king named Antiochus. He actually declared himself and had coins printed and stamped that said, uh, that carried on him, Antiochus, God manifest. And, of course, he he was a tyrant and despotic and... uh, and of course, he he died. He was anything but but God, yeah. only in his only in his own head. But there really is a God manifest, yeah. and that is Yeshua Hamashiach, who came and died for us in fulfillment of the prophets and rose from the dead on the third day. 
You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life. 